exotic animals are um, abused, mistreated, um, kept for all kinds of um, greedy and uh, imperfect uh, reasons everywhere. Remember, our Earth needs these great animals and they need us to protect them. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Powering Up, our cross-generational podcast about leadership, power, and gender through a female lens. I'm Ann Doyle, author of Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. And I'm Monica Doyle. I am Ann's niece and the millennial voice of this podcast. And we're recording this episode on a Sunday afternoon in April 2020 while our home base here in Detroit, Michigan is still in the grips of the Corona-19 pandemic that forced a good part of the world to come to a screeching halt. How are you doing, Monica? Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, My dog Maxie got put down yesterday, so I'm a little bummed. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, Um, but other than that, just kind of hunkering down. Well, he was old too. I mean, yeah, you took, you took great, great care of Maxie. Yeah, he was 14 years old, um, but still kind of recovering from that. Um, I mean, as sad as it is to lose him, it is kind of nice to have something happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, you know very well, Monica, that we have recorded some very sobering podcast episodes recently uh, about the uh, this COVID crisis, uh, including on the weaknesses in the U.S. healthcare system that the virus has exposed, uh, the disproportionate impact on African-American communities. And we also did an episode that we're just about to release on another ongoing pandemic, which is domestic abuse, mm-hmm. uh, gender violence uh, that has gotten much more violent with all the job loss, stress, and stay-at-home orders that are in place. So there's no such thing as safe at home uh, for people who are in situations like that. Yeah, it was great to talk to those ladies. They were wonderful. If anybody gets a chance to listen to that episode, it's going to be great. But that's why I thought this would be a good time for a complete change of topic and scenery. Our guest today has just returned from five weeks volunteering at the correct me if I say this wrong, C. Yen Funda Endangered Species Reserve in Limpopo Province in Northeast South Africa. Did we say that right, Anne-Marie Guitar? Yes, that's absolutely right, Monica and Anne. Thank you so much for having me. And Monica, let me just say I'm so sorry about Maxie. Um, That's that's a tough one. Um, So I do want to say I'm sorry about that. Um, C. Funda is how it's pronounced, and it took me a long time to be able to say it, um, is a uh, conservation um, reserve in, uh, as you said, the northeast part of the country of South Africa. Well, let me give our listeners just a little more background on you before we head off to northeast South Africa to hear about this. But okay. um, Anne-Marie Guattari is a former newspaper journalist who worked in Detroit and Fort Worth, Texas, before her second career as a communications and public relations professional for 
Ford Motor Company, which is where she and I got to know each other during my years at Ford. She describes herself on her blog as a lifelong learner who has always been concerned about social injustice, endangered species, and the aging issues. Um, and she entered what she calls her the third stage of her life, and she has been called to act. Well, I know all about the third stage of life, uh, but uh, so last fall on uh, your 64th birthday, Anne-Marie, uh, you enrolled in one of these self-funded volunteerism programs, this one in South Africa, to assist with documenting yeah. the behavior of wildlife including yeah. amazing elephants, rhinos, lions, uh, all of that. Welcome. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. So let's start so, with um, where you are in terms of, you know, this point in your life uh, that, that prompted you to um, take this step, which many people would think is a very, very big step, to head off to yeah. uh, the other part of the world to work in a situation as you were. Yeah. Well, um, as you said, I, uh, I did have um, a very, very fulfilling um, career as a journalist and later as a PR professional. And yes, I remember very fondly our years together at Ford. It was, uh, it was a great time uh, in my life. Um, I am the mother and a fairly new grandmother. Uh, I have two daughters and a, and a granddaughter. And um, as my as you know, so often the case, uh, my children grew up, my husband and I came apart, and uh, I found myself um, uh, in my early 60s uh, really with a complete independent life. Um, no one really relying on me, um, no one to um, have to negotiate how my time and my money is spent. And so um, I just started looking around. I have always loved to travel, always loved to learn. And um, I spent a fair amount of time in, in Italy um, in, uh, in the um, late 80s. And so I knew Europe really uh, wasn't um, where I wanted to return. I wanted a new place. And Africa just, I, I can't explain it. It just seemed to call. And I started looking up uh, as it's so easy to do and came across the uh, what we call uh, volunteerism programs. Um, they're all over the world and they're available to work with uh, people, children, environmental issues and uh, conservation. And the idea of working uh, close to um, elephants and rhinos and lions and the other um, big five um, uh, creatures of Africa, um, leopards and um, water buffalo, um, really, really spoke to me. So I found a program um, through a booking agency called Encosini Eco Experience and talked with the, uh, the owner and operator of that organization who's in uh, Seattle. And we had several conversations um, about many different programs. And uh, I was convinced um, that, that the one she recommended, Siafunda, in um, South Africa was the place for me to go. So why so did you pick my that reservation? Yes. Well, there's, yeah, there is, um, there's something called canned hunting um, where lions are raised to be trophy hunted. And she quickly 
uh, taught me about the so many of these conservation programs um, that are well intended end up being part of the pipeline where uh, cubs are raised to be hunted. Um, and, and she had a very simple rule. If you're, if the program advertises that you will be touching, playing with, feeding uh, lion cubs, do your research. It is likely that that program may inadvertently be connected to this, um, to this legal but very awful industry where lions are hunted uh, on big game reserves throughout Africa, but mostly in South Africa for uh, very, very wealthy trophy hunters to come and take home their, uh, their lion that had basically been put there for them to hunt for tens of thousands and in some case hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, uh, Siyafunda uh, did not do that. It, uh, it really uh, focused on the research it was involved in. Uh, we did not touch animals. We observed them from a distance. We recorded their behavior during the day. We counted them. We um, looked at what kind of um, health shape they were in. Um, their, uh, it, especially with lions, um, how the, um, the prides were interacting with each other. And uh, one of the things that is important with lions is to um, prevent interbreeding because, the, of course, the animal becomes weaker. So all of that really appealed to me. Plus, it seemed like it was a real dig in and kind of roll up your sleeves kind of program where we were doing our own cooking and our own washing and um, it was all ages were, I could tell from the photos that uh, there were all ages involved, not, uh, not, there are some programs that advertise for retirees and some for college students, and this didn't do that. And I, I like the idea of being with young people as well. So with this program, you, you said you're um, sort of researching animals? <laughs> uh, what I, yes. Um, that's true. What what was sort of your personal goal with this? What, what what did you want to get out of this for yourself? Well, I wanted to. Um, my personal goal was to do something of of what I felt was some import, um, helping to preserve animals that um, had been on either an endangered list or were being, in the case of rhinos and elephants, being poached for their, um, for their tusks um, and rhinos, in their case, for their horns. So the efforts of these programs, uh, the goal the, was to preserve the numbers and, in fact, increase them. So I wanted to contribute to that effort, Monica. That was, uh, that was my personal goal. Um, in, in addition, of course, to seeing a land I had never seen and, uh, and being in the presence of these animals and just to um, experience what, what that was all, uh, what that was like. And um, it, 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 was, uh, it was everything that uh, I had hoped it would be and then some. It truly so was. In what ways was this particular trip different than maybe like a vacation? Oh, that's a great 
question. That's one of the things that the other volunteers and I used to sit around and talk about a lot because, yeah, we could have gone on a cruise. Uh, we could have gone to a resort in Mexico and um, lie on a beach. Um, we were busy and we were hot and we were uncomfortable and we were <laughs> dirty. Um, we, were, we truly rolled up our sleeves and um, South Africa in January, it's their summertime. It quickly gets to 90, 100 degrees by 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, we rose early. It was like camp, but like hard work camp. So we we got up, excuse me, we got up and uh, left at 5.30 in the morning and, and jeeps. We went on uh, game drives. And um, by the time the sun rose by, you know, anywhere between um, 6 and uh, 7, depending on um, how uh, as the time went on, the sun rose uh, earlier and earlier. Um, I was there five weeks. Um, we were, by 9.30 in the morning, it was brutally hot. Um, and we sometimes would park the Jeep and then walk, and our guides would um, track animals by their prints, by um what the uh, the brush looked like. Uh, sometimes they would just hear like a branch uh, crack in the distance, and they knew we were amongst elephants. And we would just drive a little bit more, and there they were. Uh, one morning in particular, I will just not ever forget this. We spent almost three hours in the middle of an elephant herd where the elephants just kept coming and coming. And in fact, we, we followed them um, as um, stealthily as we could, so not to interfere, but there was, um, there was a calf nursing, um, a mother nursing her calf, and as soon as she finished, she let us know that she was there and she was busy and we were not to interrupt, and she just raised her trunk and just blew her horn at us and, and as loud as could be um and we just we spent almost three hours as i said following this herd as they went from um from waterhole to waterhole and um it, it was amazing it, they came very close to the to the jeep um one sprayed dirt on us um, another just walked right toward, and of course they would have been able to tip us right over had they wanted to, but as our guides, um, well-trained rangers, um, assured us that that was not their goal. Uh, we were seen as, uh, we weren't the enemy as long as we were together in a group and in a vehicle. But once we were on foot, then we were seen as, as an enemy, um, because, uh, poachers are often on foot with rifles, and they're often individuals. So um, those were some some interesting lessons. So that was that was one incredible. I, I, I need to tell you about the lion roar too, um, um, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you that in a in a moment. Well, go ahead and tell us about the lion right roar. Uh, <laughs> I was reading. Uh, people can also go and read your blog. Um, which is go ahead and mention the, what that uh, website is, your blog, because I read okay. uh, everything on there about the, the whole Thank thing you. from the beginning of your experience. And you have some uh, audio clips on there too, where people can hear that lion roar. Um, but yeah. Tell us about the, how that felt to you. 
Okay. Um, yeah, my uh, my blog is uh, at um, a uh, my website is simply a m guitari that's as in Anne Marie a m g a t t a r i dot com, and that's the only thing on the website at the moment is uh, our uh, uh, twelve um, blogs that I wrote from South Africa. Um, one night we were uh, it was evening now because we went out twice morning and then in the afternoon. Um, and we'd often get back um, after dark. Um, we were on our way back to our main camp, and we were in an old air airstrip. Um, and we saw two. Uh, there were two male lions who were the head of one of the prides. And I think I I talk about this in in a couple of the blogs. There's almost like. Um, dueling um, pairs of uh, dominant male lions who were um, trying to gain dominance over one pride. And uh, one night uh, we came upon two of them and uh, they were, they had just awoken from their uh, afternoon sleep and they were about to go hunting. And one just stopped in the middle of the airfield and uh, we had a, um, a camera, uh, not a camera, excuse me, a spotlight on, on him. And he just started roaring and it sounds nothing like a, a lion. You, we grew up hearing on television or uh, the beginning of an MGM film. It was nothing like that. It was this deep, growl that just was so throaty as I said I I, I couldn't even find the words to describe it and uh, so I just put the video on the (laughs) on the um, blog and just asked people to tell me what they thought and then it was followed by some short like um, almost pants and then the other lion started so they were they were communicating with each other letting each other know where they were and to let the rest of the uh, um, the animals in the bush know they're there and they're coming. So um, it it was it was truly. I mean, we all just froze in the in the jeep and just you can hear us uh, whispering. Oh my God! It was like it, it's like nothing you've ever uh, nothing you've nothing I've ever experienced. It was. Quite, uh, quite uh, majestic. Well, and as we are all painfully aware, we're pretty crippled by this COVID nineteen <clears throat> right now. Um, how did how does COVID nineteen impact the program, like programs like the one you were on? They're they're hurting, unfortunately, and uh, we have uh, communications through Facebook, and uh, we actually even had a few video Zoom video chats with some of the other volunteers. And um, there, the um, reservations that have been made, so many of them are being canceled for 2020. And what the programs are asking is that people continue to. Um, uh, put deposits down um, or, or um, and the deposits, by the way, are coming at uh, big discounts. Um, and in many cases, these deposits are going to a nonprofit organization. So um, your expenditures can be um, written off as, uh, as um, 
um, as a donation because they, in fact, are. Um, I'd like to mention the one that I worked through, Encosini Eco Experience. Um, I think I mentioned the owner uh, and operator, Kelsey Grimm, is in Seattle. And um, her foundation that runs that organization is called um, the Lion Foundation. And she um, started it in 2000 after working. She was one of those volunteers who worked inadvertently for a, um, a program that ended up feeding the, the canned lion um, uh, industry. And that's why she is so adamant against uh, any type of program that touches, that encourages people to interact with uh, with lions. Um, so she, she in particular has been sending lots of emails and on her website you'll see um, you can make a donation and it would be used as a, as a down payment for a future, uh, a future expedition. And how much do these cost? I know that this is uh, self-funded. Uh, so yeah. how much does this cost for someone who's interested and would like to do this? Yeah, um, they're not inexpensive, but there's a big range. Um, they can run anywhere from um, several hundred, five hundred dollars a week to a thousand dollars a week, depending on how, um, um, depending on the the place that you're staying and the type of accommodations. And that Ours, obviously includes your food. I mean, that obviously includes your food, um, a place Correct. to stay, uh, the guides. Yes, exactly. Full room and board while you're there. Of course, you've got to get there yourself. So um, it's that plus your, your uh, airfare, which also is, uh, can, be, um, can be obtained right now for uh, very little because of the uh, deep discounts. You know, uh, have you watched by any chance uh, or heard of this? Uh, I think it's a Netflix show called Tiger King, that is all I have about. Heard of it. Uh, it is all about the thousands of tigers that are privately owned, held in captivity. I mean, here in the United States and all yeah. over the world. Yeah. Uh, maybe you haven't yeah. watched it yet, but uh, I, I'm sure you have some feelings about that. I do. I, I haven't watched it, Anne. I know about it. Um, I've read a lot about it, and um, I it, it just looks like one of those that will be hard for me to watch. Um, these exotic animals are um, abused, mistreated, um, kept for all kinds of um, greedy and uh, imperfect uh, reasons everywhere, and um, it's, you know, it, there are so many laws, so many efforts, so many regulations against it. Um, it's still done. And that's why I think, you know, the more education we can do and, uh, and try to spread, which is one of the reasons I did the blog. Um, I, while I didn't want it to be preachy, it, I know sometimes it tends to go there. Um, but there are just so many, um, so many inhumane um, things that are, are done to animals. And, and in some cases, people may think that they're, you know, it's, they don't have ill intent. They just want a cool pet. But 
that turns out to be a really, really bad idea. Um, like, what type of person and their interests and their fortitude would you say to pursue this? Because obviously it doesn't sound oh, like cool. something that's just simple that you just pick up and do out of nowhere. Yeah, so who so who goes on these programs? Yes. Uh-huh. Um I would <laughs> that is that's a great question. Um as I said, the program I was on, there were um uh, high school graduates who were doing their gap year before college. Um there were um um elderly retired people. I'm not gonna use that word elderly, I'm taking it back. Yeah. Retirees from uh, from all over the world. Um there was, as I said, an 80-year-old man from San Diego. He had been to this one particular camp, the Yafunda, nine years in a row. Um, there was wow. another man, uh, David, from uh, London, and a retired IT exec. He had been to probably 10 different um, programs throughout uh, Africa, different countries in Africa, and had been back to see Afunda half of those because, and he felt that that was the best of all of the programs he had been on uh, for his particular interest, which was wildlife photography. And who are these people? These are people who want to continue to learn. Um, they don't, they're not looking for a vacation to be served, uh, drinks on a beach, although believe me, none of us is opposed to that. Um, we just want to mix it up a bit. And um, people who are, you know, you, you have a curiosity, you have a strong, um, um, you've got some fortitude, and you can take a little bit of adversity. I mean, the, the, the heat alone, sometimes the walking, it, it, it can be, um, it, it can be trying, it truly can be. But if you're in decent shape, you go with a really good open mind, good outlet, outlook, open mind, um, I think you'll get out of it what you hope to. You know, Anne-Marie, one of the things we, we do on this podcast, which I think is really cool, mm -hmm. is it's this cross-generational conversation. I'm obviously a baby yeah. boomer, so are you, uh, yeah. Yeah. Monica, a millennial, and, um, you know, we just uh, are in different stages of our life. And, um very different perspectives on things, but I would like you just for a minute to take us back to that young girl, Anne-Marie Guattari, and what you remember oh. about her um, that oh clearly were some of the qualities maybe that were there that you felt as a young girl that um, when you look back on it, you say, yep, no surprise that I ended up at the third stage in my life, uh, you know, <laughs> volunteering in 100 degree heat in Northeast South Africa. Oh, you did not prepare me for this question. Nope. And, um, okay, I'm going to go to, um, uh, I was a freshman in, uh, at Wayne State. Um, Studying, I knew I wanted to study journalism, and I had, believe me, <laughs> I don't think I had been, uh, oh, I was on one airplane. I had been to Florida uh, once before that. Um, I grew up in Warren, Michigan, uh, from a 
big Italian family, parents, no college. I was the first one in my family to go to college. So I'm, I'm a freshman at Wayne, and I see on a bulletin board on this um, big flyer to backpack through Europe. And I peeled off the phone number, you know, how you used to tear the little phone number off. And I go home and I talk to my mom about it. And I said, I think I want to do this. And unfortunately, I don't have the story where so many people have where they say their parents just embraced every idea they had and you can do it and we're behind you. No, she said, you do no such thing. And I remember I was eating um, some spaghetti sitting at the kitchen counter, and um, I, was, I, I was so upset and almost sick to my stomach at that point. I just got up and walked away, and I thought, this can't be the end of this story. Okay, maybe I won't do it this time, but by God, I'm going to figure out something and... Um, you know, I let it go then. Uh, I was uh, 18. What, what did I know? I had no money. I was li- living at home, and um, at least I was going to college. And uh, I just always had uh, some interest, some hunger, and some desire. I, I All the people I interviewed uh, during the first part of my career as a newspaper reporter, I remember thinking, wow, that sounds like a really cool life. So... I'm happy to have had a really cool life. Um, I, I really ha- am having one. I shouldn't say have had it. Uh, I, I, it's not nearly over. Um, I'm not done. Any last words or thoughts you want to leave with our listeners, Anne-Marie? Remember, our Earth needs these great animals, and they need us to protect them. Amen. Amen. I feel as if Mother Earth, you can, you can reference God, Mother Earth, the universe, but uh, mm-hmm. some powerful force, I believe, is sending a very, very serious message to humanity uh, about caring for our Earth, which and I think we have, um, we have not done well and need to dramatically improve. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Anne-Marie Guattari, and for sharing with us your experiences, amazing experiences, really volunteering to help protect endangered animals in spectacular Africa. I'm Ann Doyle. And I'm Monica Doyle. Let's all go. Power Power up. up. Thanks for joining us at Powering Up. We hope you'll subscribe and share us with your network. Anne and I would love to hear from you through the Powering Up Women Facebook page or at Anne Doyle LDR on Twitter. And remember, power is the currency for getting things done. Claim yours and put it to work.